0: Arizona Sports is proud to present the Uprising Podcast, hosted by Kellen Olsen. Olson. Uprising Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Uprising Podcast, a podcast about the Phoenix Rising Football Club. I am Kellen Olson, your host. I am joined by Jake Anderson, my co-host. Jake, how are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? I'm well, man. I'm really excited about uh, this opportunity and just the chance for us. We we both love the game. We love the game, as they call it. The The beautiful game. game. The great game. The beautiful game. We love it so much. And to have an opportunity now to talk about the game, but also Phoenix Rising Football Club and how... They've come along in their journey into becoming as prominent as they are within the Valley right now. And we have a guest with us to do so. And we're going to have guests coming up on the podcast to kind of give you guys a better inside look at the club. Because I'm aware that there are some people listening who have not been with the club for that long or have not been wanting to pay attention but haven't been able to give... uh, Given that right perspective on it, that's what we're looking for here, is to give you that perspective. And we are joined today by Sam Doerr, the vice president of The Rising. Sam, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, guys. Thank you uh, for taking the time to to do this. And uh, we'll have at least one listener. I'll I'll be listening to you guys every week, so no pressure.
0: Wow, that's having you listening every time that is a privilege and an honor sir why don't you just tell us uh, us as the host because we don't know much about you either and I'm sure the listeners you're going to know a lot about yourself as the one listener of course as you said but uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got involved with the club
1: yeah no it's a great question so I'm going on season uh, three uh, you know with rising probably uh, you know two and a half years now and, and came over from from San Antonio, I was employee one at San Antonio FC, which uh, is another club in our league. And then prior to that, was with uh, the San Antonio Spurs. So for those that know or, or don't know, uh, the San Antonio Spurs own a, a team in our league, the USL, called San Antonio FC. So I was employee one there and, and joined late in uh, 2015 and started that club from scratch. And spent quite a bit of time there overseeing the soccer and the business uh, operation side of things and, and got recruited over to Phoenix, uh, you know, from, from the new ownership group that, that took over and rebranded the the soccer club that was previously in Phoenix to Phoenix Rising. And, you know, I was a little bit skeptical because, uh, you know, actually to, to be frank, in 2016, our my first year in San Antonio, we came here and I think I counted about 30 fans, and I think we were in Peoria at the time. Uh, at a game, and, and we always just kind of scratch. It was one of our favorite road trips for reasons you can imagine, right, when you're staying in Scottsdale and Phoenix, and uh, it's a lot better than going to Tulsa or RGV or some of those places. So it was one of our favorite road trips, but we could never believe kind of the lack of uh, support and, and just something was missing, and Phoenix seemed too good to be true to, to have so few fans and such little support. Now, the fans that they did have were great, but it just wasn't many of them, and it was kind of – You know what was going on thing and and then they got new owners and those new owners uh, along with uh, the current GM here and he was the GM then as well Bobby Dooley uh, took over the club and they came and visited us in San Antonio and I met them numerous times at league meetings and they kind of put a bug in my ear and kept recruiting me and I was actually uh, looking at a a different job within the league uh, and was recruited to a different city and Phoenix came very hard last minute and decided to uh, you know, make the move here, and it's probably been the, the, the best move that I've made. And, and obviously, the club has grown leaps and bounds in these last, you know, two to three years. So it's been uh, it's been a you know a long path in, in USL. And like I said before, that I I worked with the San Antonio Spurs, which is obviously NBA, and we had a WNBA team and, a, and an AHL team, and then. I was an assistant athletic director at at South Dakota State, which is a D1 school in South Dakota. So, kind of been in sports my whole life, but I've spent the last, uh, you know, five years, I guess it is, in in USL, and and am happy to be here in Phoenix.
2: So you decided to come to the good side of the Phoenix San Antonio rivalry, is what you're saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. I know there's still some some harsh feelings. I may or may not have a Duncan uh you know print on my wallet oh say it isn't uh, so
2: your twitter bio says 2014 nba champion but it does have the asterisk at the end
1: yeah i mean i you know I, i had to contribute something right so uh i i got a i got a ring from it which was cool the spurs took care of us and went to a game in miami so you know first class organization and had a lot of fun uh, and, and funny enough, a lot of my former employees are now working for the Suns. So I uh, I go I get through about fifteen or twenty Suns games a year. And and behind the Bucks because I'm from I'm from Milwaukee. So the Bucks are the team I root for. It's now the Suns, and then you know the Spurs are somewhere after that. So yes, I've I've flipped my allegiances to to Phoenix, but uh, I certainly you know remember. Uh, you know, back then or, or a few years ago, kind of that rivalry, and I kind of got to be careful here when I when I say I was with the Spurs. I get a lot of weird looks.
2: Yeah, we're uh, definitely happy to have you on the Valley side of it now. Talking about the team, for those that may have only been to a game or two or don't really know too much about it, what can a fan expect when they come to a Phoenix Rising match?
1: Yeah, no, it's a great question, and and I think the the beauty of of the club is uh no matter if you're you're in your 20s if you're in college if you're in high school if you've got a family of four or you're a diehard soccer fan I think there's something for you at the match or you know even if you haven't been to uh, a soccer game or don't think you like soccer but your kids play soccer and want to go to a game I think you'll find when you come out that there's kind of an area for you and and so we've got the supporter section which is your diehards, and those are the fans that uh, are creating the atmosphere, right? It's like a student section at a, at a you know, GCU game or, uh, you know, a college football game. They, they've got drums, they've got smoke, they're chanting, and, and we don't have in-game PAs or in-game music going. Those fans are, are providing the atmosphere and kind of the sounds of the game, and so that that is the section that really drives the stadium, but then we have a great premium area that's uh, I kind of joke is now like the pregame location before people go to Old Town. It's 20- to 30-year-olds, a lot like the Waste Management Open, and of course there's some some corporations that have tickets in there, but it's not your traditional suites at like a, a Suns or D D-backs game. It's uh, it's more of a Waste Management feel. you got a ticket, you can go in there, it's all-inclusive, you can roam on rooftops, inside, on the field, and so that's a really popular spot. And then, of course, you have your, your regular seats, and it's such an intimate uh, and fun venue that no matter where your, your seat is, you got a great view, you feel like you're on top of the action it's family friendly and so we've really created these different sections within the stadium that that really check off uh something for everybody and and then it's kind of like a state you know fair feel in terms of we got food trucks and and some of the activations and um and so it's 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 gone over really well and as you guys know, I think we've got uh, the stadium location that a lot of other teams in, in the valley would kill to have and that's been a big part of the success too is is just the location of the stadium so we've created something you know really good where we'll have our sixth straight sellout this uh upcoming saturday night which we certainly don't take lightly, and and uh you know we've we've had some record crowds we're at record season ticket numbers we're looking at expanding the stadium so a lot of good things are going on but i certainly think the atmosphere within the stadium is is probably one of the things that keeps people coming back
0: yeah i've got to co-sign you sam Uh, i am going to be coming back because i actually attended my first game the other week and the thing the thing that i really enjoyed was that it felt like i was maybe not a part of something maybe that's going a little too deep here on on it but i it felt like a moment was happening and there was actually because you go to a baseball game or a basketball game or a football game and sometimes they they blend together sometimes they're of course super thrilling and i'm not saying that this is any better or any worse but with the stage the club is at right now and how, how young it is in its existence it felt like i was there at the start of something and just everyone around me seemed very enthusiastic about the sport and what they were watching and was just everyone was just there to have a good time they weren't weren't there just because they had tickets or whatever. Everyone was there because they were excited to see what was going on in front of them. And and I think I can speak for the atmosphere part that you just brought up and say that I, I felt the same when I was there.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, I think our, our goal as we as we grow, right, and, and as, you know, it, the elephant in the room obviously is MLS and something people talk about a lot, but, you know, we talk about this every single day is we've got to keep that feeling and keep that atmosphere, you know, even if we stay in USL and go to 10,000 seats or if we go to MLS in a 20,000-seat stadium is we've got to kind of keep what's been our, our bread and butter and the thing that's separated us from some of those other sporting experiences in a very, very competitive valley in terms of the sporting dollars. And so um, I think, you know, we talk about that day, but I think it all comes down to engagement, right? You know, our our key and and what we try to do between giveaways, food, social media, our whole approach, our sales reps, everybody, the team, the players, is engagement, engagement, engagement. We want to engage fans. And I think naturally working for us, too, is Valley is – is an area of transplants, right? And so you go to a D-backs game or you go to a Coyotes game, and a lot of times if Chicago or Detroit or whoever it might be is in town, it's, it's 50-50 or maybe even a road game for the home team. Whereas in soccer, unless you're from Seattle or or Portland, you don't really have, you know, your first soccer team. And so, uh, you know, we are kind of unique in that, that we're kind of the Valley's team because they don't have another soccer team. And so it kind of unites everyone and makes you feel to your point that you're a part of this from the start. And so, um, look, I, I'm the first guy that I, I go to pretty much every venue and every event, and really good friends with everybody at, at all the other teams. But it is certainly a little something different, and and that's the beauty of this project and the club is is we are so young and we're still riding that identity, and it's still not too early to, to jump on before this thing you know continues to take off.
2: So speaking of it taking off in the future, going forward, what is the team's Plan or outlook. Where does the team see itself in five years? Obviously, we know the big goal is the MLS. But in terms of you know stadium planning and and whatnot, what where does the team see itself in in the next uh, few years or so?
1: Yeah, I think you know it's been stated numerous times that our ambition and, and goal is is MLS, right? But I don't think we can really. You know, put a timeline on that. I think uh, I think we feel you know great about where we stand, and we're going to continue to work towards MLS. That's our our owners' stated ambition. That's the club's stated ambition. But in the meantime, um, we're focused on being the absolute best you know, soccer club we can be regardless of league. And I think that won't change even if a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, we're granted that uh, that MLS franchise. I think we're just focused on being the best soccer club we can be regardless of league uh, and, and not letting the league define us. Because I think there's arguments to be made for, for USL, for MLS, for any other league, but it really ultimately all comes down to uh, the fan support, the corporate support, the play on the field, uh, and, and all the ancillary things, and so you know we're we're continuing to look for ways to improve the game day experience, improve our stadium, improve our roster, uh, and we'll continue to do that regardless of MLS or USL, and of course if. If the MLS thing happens, then um, you know we, we've got to shift this up a, a couple of notches. But we don't feel like we're that far off from how an MLS team is operating. We might be in manpower in terms of just sheer numbers of a of a front office. And, and obviously the money that we pour into our, our roster on the field is going to be a little bit different. And, you know, you go from a pop-up stadium to a permanent stadium. But still, we're exploring things, you know, as we speak to, to grow our current footprint. And uh, we'll let the rest play out. But I, I think we... Uh, are confident about where we stand. Our, our goal is still to bring MLS to to the Valley, and um, you know we work every single day just to to be the best we we possibly can.
0: Sam, on this topic, I wanted to mention uh, Didier Drogba and talk about him for a minute because he was someone, as, as a European soccer fan like myself, I'm very, very aware of who Didier Drogba is but wasn't so aware of Phoenix Rising Football Club and everything that came before it, and it, it was it was one of those moments where I became introduced to the Rising but also was introduced to this push and the community and everything that you just talked about, so I can speak on his impact alone just from my point of view in terms of just knowledge, but internally how much did he help really grow uh this club and the impact that he had while he was he was a part of it
1: yeah i think uh i think in year 1 a ton right i mean at yeah at that time I, w- I was still in san antonio and it caught our attention it caught everyone's attention and i always joke that i think a lot of people in phoenix still don't grasp uh the caliber of of celebrity and superstar and player that was playing in their in their backyard I mean he, he you know globally he's bigger and, and no offense to to Larry or, or Devin Booker or Goldschmidt or any of those guys I mean he was, he's bigger globally than all of them maybe combined right and so I think oftentimes it was uh kind of loss and and just what kind of an impact and what kind of a person uh we had here in Phoenix uh you know playing soccer and so yeah for those that did know and understood uh just how big of a deal he was it was great I think what it did is it really proved that uh, ownership was committed to this; that they were going to pour resources into it, uh, and and at, at the end result was the corporate, you know, you know, support that I think you've seen because of him. He kind of legitimized what we were doing. I think he really attracted a high caliber of of player. There's players on our roster this year, last year that wouldn't have been here if it wasn't for you know Didier being a part of the club. And so I think it's all of those things rolled into one. And, and you see his benefit. He still, you know, even though he's not here on a daily basis, is is helping us out and benefiting us in numerous different ways. And so, yeah, he made a, he made a huge impact, but I think maybe the the biggest testament to the club, to the fans and to Didier himself is, you know, Phoenix rising, I think now doesn't need Didier to necessarily be successful and have staying power. And I think that speaks to what Didier did while he was here to make sure when he left, uh, from a playing standpoint, he's still involved from an ownership standpoint uh, that, you know, the club was better off than, than when he came here. And I, I think that's undeniable. And I think you could see that during the playoff run last year, the last home playoff game. You know, look, I've been to, to numerous sporting events. I've seen the Stanley Cup awarded, I, you know, when the Spurs won the title. Uh, that semi final Western Conference game at home when, you know, we could have had twenty thousand if we could have kept selling tickets. I think we had don't tell the fire marshal, but near eight thousand um in in that little venue was as electric of a, a crowd as I can remember and you had Archie Bradley, you had Larry Fitzgerald there, you had Jordan Sparks there, you had Brendan Perlini, Frankie I mean everybody came out to see Didier because of what he had built and the playoff game and what it was. And so that to me that was kind of the moment we had arrived. Uh, And it's because of of Didier and he carried us to the final. He scored in every playoff game except that that cup final. And now we've just kind of taken that and and run with it. And, you know, we've been able to sell out every game so far this year without him, which I think is a testament to him. So, yeah, I mean, Didier goes without saying, and, and we're certainly all better off for having him here.
2: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Sam, on... Phoenix Rising now not just being about Didier Drogba. And like you said, for those that don't really know who he is, I always like to say that he finished behind Kaká, Messi, and Ronaldo for a Ballon d'Or when he was at Chelsea. That really shows his world-class as a player in Europe. And then coming to the U.S., I want to segue U.S. soccer. Not the national team, but youth soccer. We all know that it's the most popular sport in the U.S. Going forward with you know the concussions with football and whatnot... Where do you see the future of youth soccer becoming more popular? Let's say throughout high school, college, and then into the pros at our domestic country.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, for me, it's hard to imagine it getting any more popular from a youth level, right? It's just such an easy sport for for youth to participate in. Um, the youth numbers are, are through the roof. I think where you're going to start to see some some shifting and uh, some differences is you know that path to pro, as as we call it. Um, and, I, and I think high school and, and college soccer is going to be a thing of the past sooner than later. I think it will always be there for, for those that want it to be there. And education is certainly important. But I think uh, for this country to, to grow as a soccer country and for it to become relevant on a world stage, which I think is what we all want, and, and I think to avoid what happened you know, last year with the U.S. not being in the World Cup, is you're going to start to see – You know, younger and younger kids go professional. And I think the goal is to have them go professional in the States instead of other countries. I think all of our top. You know, youth prospects right now are are going pro in other countries, which which is a great thing, and it's great for their development. But I think the the country itself will really have has arrived as a soccer country when these 15, 16, 17 year old top U.S. prospects are signing with uh, MLS clubs or even USL clubs. Uh, you know, Phoenix Rising right now we have a, a a 16 and a 17 year old on our roster. We also have a 20 year old, and so. Uh, We're trying to identify some of those better uh, younger uh, prospects that might not be near, you know, the top top end that are, you know, commanding the the Kristen Pulisic type transfer numbers. But uh, I think what you're going to start to see and hopefully start to see is 15, 16, 17 year old kids signing professional contracts here in the States. And then, you know, the United States clubs developing them and then transferring them for for transfer fees or or loan fees. And so. Um, I think that 's what you 're really going to start to see and 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 I think that 's going to be something to monitor over the next couple of years and you know i the 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 signings between fifteen and twenty year olds just even in our league this year. I think is near double what it was, uh, you know, previously. So I think that's the thing to watch. I think the the youth soccer numbers are going to continue to be strong for all the reasons that you laid out. Now I think it's really, you know, elevating that level just above youth soccer uh, to put this country in a better spot when it comes to performance on the world stage.
0: Sam, uh, to wrap this up, we, we've got three draws in three games so far. Kind of, kind of frustrating for different reasons, of course, for the team so far. There's a lot of people listening who, who want to go out and see a game, maybe haven't seen a game or have seen a game or two, but aren't so familiar with the squad and, and just how they have come together this season and for the rest of the season going forward. Because for those of not aware that are listening, uh, three games into the season, three matches into the season, there is a long way to go. We run this bad boy all the way until October. So we, we got a ways to go and a lot of, um, Soccer left to come and be attended and, and watch so uh, give us a bit of an idea of of what the what the team is like and where you see them going uh just short term this season
1: yeah I mean I think obviously we we would prefer three wins uh, uh but three draws isn't the worst thing uh in the world're we're, we're still undefeated and I think uh last week uh was one of our best performances that we've had since I've been here, um, and and so sometimes that's stalker, and sometimes the score line doesn't go your way. I'll, I'll tell you that I think we are by far the the most exciting team in the league, uh, east or west. So you're going to get your money's worth if you're tuning in on on CW on TV, or you're coming to the games, or you're tuning in on ArizonaSports.com for for the radio broadcast. You know, bar none, we are the most exciting team in the league, and that's probably not good for uh, getting gray hair and, and for my heart. But uh, we're entertaining, and, and we're going to be entertaining, and that's the style and the type of players that that we've attracted. Uh, and we think for this market, we need to play entertaining soccer to continue to, to draw fans, and uh, it's going to lead to results. We, we've got far too much talent. Uh, on this team, we're we're certainly not pushing the panic button. Others may be, but uh, we're pretty content with where we are. We obviously expect and, and hope for better, but it's a it's a long season. Uh, so get you know usually the cream rises to the top. So I think in July we'll be having a completely you know different conversation. With that said, obviously you know this weekend at home's a big game, and, and we need to pick up three points. And you get those three points, and all of a sudden you've got six points, four matches in, and our goal. Uh, really is is to average two points a match. Uh, so um, if we can somehow get to you know uh, get to that, you you secure one of those top two seeds more than likely. And so that's kind of the math we we look for is games played times two. If we have that amount of points, we're in good shape. So we have a little bit of work to do, obviously. Um, kind of three points behind pace, but no panic being, uh, you know, pushed here. And, and and we've got a fun, entertaining squad, and, and we do have some MLS loanees, but um, that's just the supplement, the, the USL talent that we have. We have a great locker room, great group of guys, and, and I think uh, we're built a little bit better this year than even we were last year, and, and hopefully that'll pay off. Because uh, this team has a lot of depth, and, and to your point, it's, it's a long season when injuries start kicking in, when two or three games in a week start kicking in. I think that's when you're going to really see us start to take off in the standings, because we're, we're built for the long haul, and, and we know it's a long season.
0: Sam, you did my job for me. I was about to mention uh, all the outlets. I wish you can see uh, the team, of course, on the CW televised uh, some of those matches, and then all of them on ArizonaSports.com to listen to and stream. But hey, we'll, we'll say it again, just so the people are aware. Sam, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us, and we look forward to having you on again and just uh, keep talking about this club and the future of it going forward.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Honored to be on the uh, first show, and, and we certainly are, are looking forward to uh, your coverage and appreciate all you guys are doing.
2: Yeah, Sam, thank you very much for joining us on the Short Notice Switch.
1: Yeah, no problem at all, guys. You take care.
2: All right, thank you,
0: Sam. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Make sure to rate and review on the services you are listening to. We will be back next week joined by another guest. As I said, we're going to kind of have a couple of guests filter through the show here in the first couple of months to get everyone like myself more introduced to the club, and then we'll start breaking down uh, the team and where they're at uh, this season uh, in the USL. So we will talk to you guys again next week. See you then.